Welcome to Waxing the Porpoise, the podcast that dives deep into the unexplored depths of cinema and occasionally the unexplained. This week, G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve will attempt to unravel the mysteries, complexities, and emotional nuances of the somewhat forgotten gem, Devil in a Blue Dress from 1995, which stars none other than Denzel Washington, one of the most highly revered patron saints of this program. Join us as we discuss 1940s post-World War II racial tensions in Los Angeles, pay our respects to Tom Sizemore and flashback to some of our favorite past roles of his, Do not come. and finally, Steve shares with us a trifecta of Amazon reviews that will be sure to tickle your OK Boomer bone. The Porpoises, Midnight Companions, and Keen Observers once again find themselves plunged into the depths of the silver screen as we attempt to avoid cinematic detours in post-war Los Angeles with the finesse and swagger only Denzel can bring. Ezekiel Easy Rollins, such a badass fucking name. Benish and Benish. Stand out. (laughs) Let's wax this porpoise in a blue dress. Don't do that. You see, we we working on his brow chakra. We're just in back of the crown chakra. I don't think I'm going to leave this in the uh, episode. Maybe. We'll see. That I just wanted to show you this real quick. You're either going to love it or hate it. Dude, this that is a- that, uh, that Stavros clip, <laughs> fuck, that hit me so hard. And uh, he looked like he was. There was a couple points he was like really in pain, like he was having, like that was really fucking with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had shown I had shown uh, Brittany that clip before, and so I was like, oh, check this out. Um, it 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 doesn't show the clip, but it's him reacting to it. And she's like, no, I can't. I don't. I can't. I don't want to because it it fucked with her that bad. It was rough even seeing the reactions because it forces your mind to think about the images that they're seeing to react like that. So I was just like, oh, dude, I remember when you sent that. I had no fucking clue that was coming. (laughs) And I was I felt like Jimbo Shane must have when being told him, what about your dad's dick? I was like disgusted on like a, a level. I hadn't reached before, I don't think, because that was oh, that was so hard. Because <laughs> well, he had that big reaction where he's gagging and shit, and I could tell just by listening to the videos, like he like hasn't where even it was? eaten it yet. He hasn't even <laughs> eaten it. He just shit on it, and he's already gagging. Yeah, he even was saying like the biggest thing was how fast it came out. Yeah, <laughs> was the thing that was really bothering him. It's a it's immediate. <sighs> so gross. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you'll never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh so this <clears throat> this is something my 16-year-old ne- uh nephew, he watches uh he's he's kind of a gamer and he follows a couple of these streamers now that are real popular these days. And uh this guy is like lighting up the charts like he's like the number one streamer right now in like the last six months his name's jinxy he's this 22 22 year old man child um so you're either gonna love it or hate it but this shit there's there's one point that i thought was 
just really funny. And it's just kind of a glimpse into this weird, like highly toxic, uh, I don't know, lifestyle of these 18 to 25 year old people that just live online playing Tom Clancy's rainbow six. Uh, yeah, there's one. There's one point that really. You're dead. You're dead already. You're dead already. You're dead already. You're dead. You did it. I get a pocket and do it again. Fucking, I'm fucking a friend. There's no way in God's green earth you did it again. Shout out Lil Tecca and got away with it. So let me get this. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> You have a fully reloaded shotgun, but you chose to use a one-bullet pistol. You are not James Bond. Shut the fuck up. Okay, you are James Bond. Milk my titties. Back in a better day. Back-to-back one-taps. I don't even think I've ever done that with a pistol. Oh, fuck. Wow. That guy is a character, that's for sure. <laughs> the fucking hitting the shit just sends me every time. <laughs> He's like, hold on a second. Boom! <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that, that seems like a dude that would be cool to hang out with. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Devil in a blue dress, blue dress on. Dude, I kept singing that in my head too, and I, I don't like that song. And is that Wilson Pickett? I don't know. Who is that? I need to I find that know. out. Yeah, I got that song. Obviously, the title makes you think of it, but uh, yeah, it was just churning in my head the last couple of days. The, the same thing happened to me when we did uh, the Midnight Hour. That song, yeah. Except that that song rips. So I think that that's Wilson Pickett. Because this oh, is really? Devil with a, yeah, Devil with a Blue Dress is Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> fee, fee, fa, fo, fo, fum. Dude, were you able to find a good link? I ended up using uh, my brother-in-law's Prime account. Nice. Like, I don't want to fuck around with all this nonsense. Got a virus.net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is pretty sketchy, but I mean, hasn't got me yet. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they go after the consumer. I think they go after the, the source. Yeah. I I think what the, I think the only thing they, they can really do to people like you and I just abusing it is, uh, or using it is contact your ISP. If they catch mm-hmm. you through the filter, you just happen to get the finger pointed on you. They can go to your ISP and they can serve you like a, I think it's like similar to like a cease and desist kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> or like threaten to pull your fucking. Yeah. I think that's the nice thing about like illegal streaming these days. Like, pe- like people for you and I, it's the people. Yeah. Like putting it on a platform they keep like changing like the extensions from like dot to to like dot fp dot sx it's just like a shell game it's like yeah genie's out of the bottle um right i i was thinking those old uh preview commercials on dvds or whatever it's like you wouldn't steal a car 
It's like, uh, <laughs> I would if I could copy one and create one out of complete thin air for free and it wasn't yeah. hurting anybody. Yeah, I probably would. And get off virtually scot-free? Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> I thought for a second you were going to say you were going to bring up the preview channel. The thing that used to scroll, like the virtual oh. TV guide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you would I just mean, miss it? And like, oh, fuck. 96 yeah. channels to go. <laughs> Get sucked into that death loop. That was the precursor to, like, doom scrolling on your phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Are you sure you don't want anything to drink? Take a quadruple Hennessy with the gin back. <laughs> that sounds fucking brutal. Quad yeah. Hennessy with a gin pack, dude. Talk about take your breath away. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure I told you already, but a buddy of mine, he, he, they were playing golf, and he asked his friend, who the I crown. think, yeah, let me get a what did he say? A vodka crown, and he came crayon. back with a vodka crown. <laughs> Woof! I bet the bartender was like, "All right, sure." It's your, fun- it's your funeral. Hey, you're, you're world boss. I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut. What's the worst bar drink or shot concoction you've ever had in your entire life? I actually haven't spent a, spent a lot of time in bars. Um, or something that you cooked up when you were like, like you stole a bottle of creme de menthe or something when you're 16. Like, oh, boy. Cook, cooked up something, some vile shit. Um, yeah, it's called Bacardi. If I smell that now to this day, I probably will gag that that shit is filth. Um, yeah. God, I'm trying to think. I mean, Malort's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Robitussin, that's pretty bad. We used to drink that quite a bit. Um, do they call that Robo tripping? Yeah. Yeah, we were doing it the amateur way, though. Kids nowadays fucking shove it up their ass and butt chug it so lupin yeah i like i remember the third <laughs> our buddy tyler we were at a bar one time and he's like how much is a double shot of crown and the lady's like uh 38 <laughs> and he's like um all right let me get a double shot of jack and she's like Okay, don't throw up on my bar. And it was like $36. (laughs) (laughs) You rookie should have gone with the the well stock. Yeah, I've never I've never seen anybody do the the mat. What do they call it? Zamboni or Gorilla Fart or something? I thought it was just like a mat. I don't know. I it's got a bunch of names. Yeah. I'm definitely not a bar scene kind of guy it's like fucking loud busy Mm -hmm. shit like that's just my nightmare yeah i I didn't get too too hard into the bar scene i preferred to you know part do house party kind of thing but um i did go out one time and i got for my 21st birthday i got what they at least in chico it was common but they called it a stoplight you heard of that no it's three shots and it's just like a stoplight. It's green, like a yellow, orange, and red. Okay. And they, they ramp you up, so you hit the green light, and it's like Midori and like yeah, fucking okay. something Hypn- like hypnotic sweet, or sweet something. And sour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hip. Uh, and yeah, and just like sweet and sour mix, like really easy. 
baby drink. And then I think they put like Jose Cuervo and like oh. a little bit of orange juice in for, and maybe something else for the yellow. And then the red was like hot damn, um, like something 150, like maybe Bacardi 151 and something else red. I can't, maybe like Aftershock or something. Yeah. Um, and that's like the hardest, like most brutal one. That was, that was pretty rough. That and like, uh, I think a dead Nazi I got one time was pretty brutal. I think it was Jack Yeager and Rumpelmintz equal parts in one shot. That's fucking foul. (laughs) I used to. That'll put hair on your ass. (laughs) I used used to live with a a buddy of mine who played baseball at the local college. So we would hang out with like other baseball players. And these guys were just absolute drinking machines. And it would, it would always fucking annoy the shit out of me when they're like, let's go to the bar, get a, get an adios motherfucker, dude. (laughs) God. (laughs) AMF. Let's go get an AMF or or 20. You got blow. Yeah. That, that's the drink that'll lead to that key bumps in the bathroom for sure. But then these Uh, fucking animals would get up and run like 10 miles in the morning. At like 530. Yeah. I've known a couple people like that. I knew a firefighter that would like go super hard and like wake up at five and like stick his arm down his throat and just <laughs> fucking heave everything out of it and then chug like a gallon of water and then be out the door like with sweat running down his face at like five forty five. It's like, dude, that's another gear. <clears throat> those are those are the same miles, but those are hard miles he's putting on yeah, on, on that body <laughs> uh yeah i can only imagine um all right so welcome back to waxing the porpoise uh we're back again on is this 85 or 84 it depends because i think i think there's one that's in purgatory somewhere yeah so i think we're on 85 all right, sounds good to me. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Um, but we were reviewing "Devil in a Blue Dress" from 1995, a lesser scene, probably in the in the Denzel uh, canon filmography. It's for sure a lesser scene. As usual, you got myself, Jim G. Baby. Binish and binish. Stand on it, <laughs> dude. I love that clip so much. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, and as as usual, we have the usual suspect, Steve. It's my adopted son, Jesus. How's it going, man? Oh man, that that scene in particular is really gross. Looking yeah. back, <laughs> yeah, looking when you look back on it, yeah, it's like, oh fuck. Yeah, it was sweet um, in the moment, but then, yeah, but that that Cam Newton clip you played. The guy is just such a weirdo that when you first sent it to me, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. He's got a weird hat and he's saying bizarre shit. But then when the guy's like, oh, they give you a player's discount for that, he's like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> that, that single-handedly turned me like, this guy rules. He gets it. Yeah. Dude, Stand on it. I, <laughs> I grew up ha- kind of hating, or not grew up, but watching his career unfold because like following him from his junior senior year at auburn yeah and then on through to the nfl scam 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 yeah 
<laughs> I, I, there's something about him I, I just didn't really like but in retrospect and like seeing the stuff like that he actually did on the field and like how he carried himself he wasn't like the prima donna i think that people like kind of put him in that class the same as like a terrell owens or like chad ochocinco i don't yeah. think he was quite in that in that realm um but the shit he's doing now on his show, I think it's called like fourth and one or he does a couple things, but dude, a, his attire is fucking bananas <laughs> and I love it. He's got like these, these weird fucking hats too. It's not just like these, these really, it's like a, it's like those hats with the, where the middle parts exaggerated, like really high, you know, uh-huh. yeah, like a cowboy hat where the top. And he also has these like custom looking like one of one like baseball hats, but they're really tall. <laughs> like the head, <laughs> dude, they're so he, fucking funny. He's an insane person, but it's funny. He's wearing like ascots and like the, the glasses with those with those like uh what are they like the that you put on your ears, you know, and they they kind of swing down, they look like drapes on your glasses like the old women wear and shit like where they can take their eyeglasses off and they'll just rest right here on your chest oh, like the like the wraparound little chain yeah deal, or? he's got them they they hang down they do this little loop right here in front of his glasses like it looks like he's wearing it's like a chandelier like holding these he's know. just got the most gaudy shit that he, it's but he's actually he's got some really good fucking insights and, and commentary. I, I'm I'm digging Cam Newton's show. I'm I'm a I'm on Team Cam for sure. Um, it's kind of weird. It's int- I saw someone comment on that. Like now, like you see the popularity of the Kelsey brothers and their podcast. Oh God, go away! More, pe- more people are getting Fuck. like into it. It's showing like a different side of like you're getting to see like the inside. Of things yeah. and and seeing players like before you'd see like a read an article in Sports Illustrated or you hear a soundbite on Sports Center you catch at the end of the night you know and they're just they're just being hit by reporters it's mm-hmm. kind of a it's a weird time now that there's all these different platforms where people can you know you can get inside look you can on see stuff. their it's personality kind of a little more I do like that yeah but fuck man the Kelsey brothers it, I mean it, it's a perfect example of they're when, everywhere. when like the market gets onto something and they just drive it into the ground because they're like, this is popular. This is popular. We're just going to milk this until it is there's nothing left. But um, yeah, I do like seeing professional athletes personality more because like you were saying in the past, it was like that super generic canned like, hey, you know, we're just going to go out there and play the best we can. And uh, at the end of the day, you got to you got to respect the other team and uh, may the best man win. But now, Take things you know, one day at a time. Yeah, you know, just one day at a time. You got to give those guys a lot of credit over there. They they played hard, and <laughs> you know, Bull Durham, Lord Willen. Yeah, exactly. Your shower shoes have fungus on them. <laughs> oh man, I haven't flashed back to that in a while. All right, uh, so Devil in a Blue Dress. Do not come. Um, this is one I've only seen a couple times, but. Uh, I really liked it, uh, and I just kind of set it down and haven't revisited it a bunch uh, throughout my life. It, it is kind of harder to find, too, because, I mean, just in the mix of, of older films, but especially in Denzel's catalog, which is 
a mile long. I think it's easy to get lost in all of the great performances that he's had. But even with that said, I think this still holds up for me. And I, I'd say it's probably somewhere in like his top third of movies, like his performances. What do you think of this one? And had you ever, is this a total blind spot? Have you never heard of this one before? Yeah, never, never heard of it at all. Uh, the movie is pretty good. I liked it. The cast is unreal. Like, yeah, know, Don Don Cheadle, Tom Sizemore, Denzel, they all did a great job. I thought mm-hmm. the story was a little weak, uh, but I, I think that is sort of a byproduct of, I don't know how many movies there are out there like this, but we've done two before in Chinatown and L.A. Confidential. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one is definitely the third best out of those three. Oh, it's yeah. A, it's a tough, tough category to put yourself in. You know, like, um, like if you were if you were going to make a movie about a like a prison break or something, you're automatically putting yourself up against like Shawshank and other yeah, classics. Escape from Escape from Alcatraz with Eastwood. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a good movie. I'll say pretty good. But just by comparison, I, I felt like it was uh, just not as good as those others, which is which is kind of an unfair way to compare it. But I mean, how could you not? It's like if you're I mean, it's the same. We're looking at 30s, 40s, L.A. noir, neo noir kind of thing. It's like a whodunit or get in over yeah. your head and political yeah. corruption. Yep. You got the uh, mayor thing going on in the background. So, yeah, I thought I. I thought the story was kind of clunky. I don't know if it was just me, but I was I was sort of having a hard time. Even once it it's fully resolved, I was having a hard time figuring out like, but wait, why did why did this person do that? Or I don't know. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't quite as clear. I was reading the like uh, Wikipedia synopsis, and there were little details in there that I was like, I don't remember this from the movie, but this helps clear it up a little bit. But yeah, I think I think there's a couple points in the background that they they kind of spotlight real quickly, but then you're back with Easy and people chasing him and he's going from spot to spot and they don't really come back to it uh or expand on it uh enough. Like because I, I remember thinking that this watch too, like the I was like, wait, the pictures, how does this tie in? Oh, the mayor the mayoral race and then you well, know, yeah, where did they stuff. where did they come from originally? Like, how did she get them? And yeah, yeah, I had some questions about her. I was a little suspect about her, like cause she because she was just. I mean, that's something pretty fucked up and heinous. Like kids getting diddled and like a a child prostitution or pedophile ring going yeah. on with the higher echelons of polite society in LA and she's using it as like a power play to fucking cash out. That's what it seemed like to me. Um, because she could have done the right thing and turned them over. I mean, someone would have got burned, but yeah, I I'm, I'm a little, she's, she's kind of a dubious character for me in all of this too. Well, and also without giving too much away, the ending was also confusing. Like, well, the, the very end, was like a weird saccharine sweet like pleasant yeah. mm-hmm. um shot which I didn't really get the uh Jesus sorry um but even even the scene with her and the mayor 
It's like, wait, they're not going to stay together? Like, what the fuck was the point of her doing all this shit then, if not to protect him? And now she's gone. There, there was a lot that, you know, didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, her big secret, like the big reveal, I was like, oh, that's kind of not that big of a deal. I'm sure it was back then, but... Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's it? I kind of was expecting more. Um, well, yeah, like we said, yeah, Don would... Cheadle... His character was awesome. awesome. Tom Sizemore, badass. Uh, Pretty great. Denzel, obviously. Kills it and everything. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Sizemore, I really he plays a this kind of a villain, like like a hood, like really, really well. And he's got like a he's got a an air around him that uh I, I really dig. At, like his acting style, but yeah, Cheeto's fucking awesome. Loved him. Uh, my favorite parts when he's like drunk and oh, he yeah. gets up and he fucking draws on him and he's like, Oh, wait, I'm drunk. I and he's like, Look at that. And he puts it right in his chest. And he's like, Right there. Like yeah. he, play, yeah. <laughs> he, he plays belligerent really well. Um, yeah, I loved his character, Mouse. Um, yeah, Denzel kills it. The gal in here who's the, I guess the uh, <clears throat> the devil in a blue dress is played by Jennifer Beals, who you're probably not. No, uh, I looked at her IMDb. Nothing on there looked familiar to me. She, she was like one of those kind of like you, you might hear the name Molly Ringwald and be vaguely aware like through osmosis so like pretty in pink and 16 uh-huh. candles and all that and then there's like phoebe cates who was in fast, fast times Time. high i feel like jennifer beals th- those three actresses i think of because they they shot up really high in like the mid late 80s kind of with a couple seminal films that are still loved to this day and then they didn't their career trajectory it kind of just like plateaued and then they just kind of went away and did smaller things. They weren't like a, a, a staying power. So like Beals, Jennifer Beals, who's in this, she shot to like superstardom with flash dance. It's oh, that, is uh, she the main gal? Yeah. I'm a mania. Yeah, man. yeah. Yeah. That's her. So I think she's been in, she was in like one or two other things of, of note. Um, but yeah, that she didn't really do anything beyond this. I think this was like the last, like, high profile thing that she's done but yeah it's just weird that like a, a few of these women who were just like had the world in their palm of their hand for this really short period of time and then they just went away so uh as you know i'm not a, a big movie buff but i just made the connection the other day that uh in the, in the similar vein anthony michael hall mm-hmm. right who everybody knows I never made the connection that him in the breakfast club, he's the same kid in national lampoons. And I've seen both of those a bunch, but for some reason I just never made the connection that that was the same kid. And I felt really, really dumb. <laughs> oh yeah. Which, which one is that? Is that, um, just vacation one? Yeah. I think he's, ru- he's rusty. Yeah. Is he in any other vacations? I don't know. I haven't seen. I think he's just one, in the but... one. But yeah, he yeah, he's rusty. Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I what? And I haven't seen like say? Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles or any of the other stuff that he's in. I saw those a lot later in life, but yeah, he he's been in a lot of 
a lot of shit. He's kind of one of the few that kind of made it out of that, like the Breakfast Club. I mean, you got Emilio, Mighty Duck Man himself, oh, yeah. but uh, like Judd Nelson didn't really do anything. Yeah, Michael Hall. He, I mean, he he's done a lot of stuff kind of later. He's had like a late a late renaissance uh, for him a little bit, but yeah, he's, there was also it's weird, to, uh, weird science. Yeah. I haven't seen that in probably 25 years. Uh, I will say that, what was the guy's name? Odell, the guy who kept going around trying to cut down trees. Yes. I kept thinking. (laughs) What was his trip? So, like, so unnecessary. I kept thinking he was going to have, like, a Hodor moment in the end where he was going to stumble across somebody and his ax was going to come in handy, but he just continued to be a weird nuisance who hated trees the entire time, (laughs) which added absolutely nothing to the movie. I was a little little bummed by that. He did kind of have a small hold. Oh, when he's like, there's a guy, (laughs) there's a guy. Yeah. He's like, Hey, Mr. Mr. Rollins. Hey, Hey, Hey. And at the last second, he's like, there's a man. And he turns <laughs> yeah. and it's like, boom. He's like, fuck. All right, fair enough. Like, I'll, say I'll that, give him that earlier. Yeah. Say there's a man earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a, a weird. And I, dude, I felt the same thing. I was like, this movie is kind of anticlimactic because it, it, it resolves. And there's like 15 minutes left still, like 13 minutes, which is a weird. I was like, this kind of a story. I was like. What else is there? What's this right. other 12 minutes going to be? And it is a really like, they just juice up the fucking cheese. Like, like it's a sentimental, like real sugary saccharin. I was like, I don't remember that, but it, it does, it resolve itself kind of in a, like it, it, uh, it doesn't jive with the rest of the way the movie feels, but I think they were trying to set something up because at the end he talks about, it, he's like, well, you're going to do it now easy. And he's like, you know, I think I might get into some private investigating some real estate, you know, like, because from this case, this is based on like a series of books and this is book one where he does become, so it's kind of like a Perry Mason thing. Like he's kind of thrust into, he becomes gotcha. a lawyer and then, so easy gets thrust into this role and he like gets a taste or a knack for being a PI. And then it continues like two or three more books, maybe four, but, uh, I I guess they tried to make like a pilot. They wanted to turn this into a series and continue it in like 98 and it just didn't get picked up. So, I mean, you mentioned it and I totally forgot about it. The the HBO Perry Mason series is like another thing. That's a way better version of this. Oh yeah. Yeah. After this, I was like, fuck, I want to revisit P Mason now. Cause yeah, Yeah. it's, if you, if you could compare, if you're comparing like TV shows and movies, which I don't really like to do, I like to keep them in separate boxes, but I feel like Perry Mason has that, has like a, an edge to it, like a, a grain to it that puts it closer to like Chinatown mm-hmm. and like the grittiness of, uh, or LA confidential. Whereas this kind of felt like devil in a blue dress kind of felt like, like LA confidential light kind of. Yeah. Yeah, a little, a little I, duller around the edges, maybe. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Um, I forget what I was just gonna say, but yeah. 
So just to get some some quick facts out of the way. So we're in, like we said, we're in four, 1940s L.A. And we're following Denzel, who plays, awesome name, by the way, Ezekiel Easy Rollins. Uh, he's a World War II vet. Uh, and he's come back and he got his GI Bill. He saved up some money and he's actually a homeowner, which is kind of rare. But he is, it, it does show kind of like the segregation uh, in this kind of, that's one thing I haven't really seen in film a lot. Like we're, we're looking through the POV of easy in a black neighborhood. I think it's like uh, the district is like central central Avenue is like the neighborhood he's, he's in that's segregated. Uh, but he does own his own home. Uh, and it just kind of shows him kind of, he, he's like at a, a low point. He's just gotten let go. Uh, he's got to make ends meet. He's really, he's got like a sense of pride. He's got a little, he's got a chip on his shoulder, but he's got the house I, and he doesn't want to. Can I say two, two things real quick? One, I remember what I was going to say before, which this might be unpopular, but I didn't really care for the narration that Denzel did. No. Horrible. I, I, yeah. I just didn't, I don't even know why I didn't like it, but every time it came over, I was like, oh fuck, can we just move on? This is like the the blue the Blade Runner curse because uh, the original theatrical release of Blade Runner had a voiceover narration and it was it was just like this. I was like, God, because later on in like the director's cut and everything, they took it out. And to me, it's much better film without. Um, but I was like, they would have been so much better served to take out that narration because yeah. there's a couple points where he slips in things in the narration that just tie things together like at the very end the reason why the mayor and the the gal don't get together he's like i guess there's some lines that people still don't want to cross you know like you're right that's why it's like (laughs) it's cheap you know it's just you just write it in it's in the narration poof it's gone um you don't get to see it play out you don't see i mean for all the investigating he does i don't think the narration adds anything and it it doesn't sound particularly inspired too. No. And I mean, it just sounds like he's reading and yeah. Yeah. He's not putting like it. it yeah. It, it's yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. This should be all cut out of the movie. It's <laughs> stupid. The other thing I was going to say is um, when he's getting let go from whatever his job is at that aviation company, I was I was wondering what you were thinking as as somebody who's also had to like manage people who when you when you if you're firing somebody there's a part of your brain that's like uh, I wonder if this is somebody I would want to maybe bring back in the future and if you went to leave like sorry fella it's just you know it's not going to work out if he like s- steps in front of you in the door and it's like my name's not fella I'm like oh god I'm <laughs> I'm clearly making the right choice <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. That definitely just struck me like, oh God, I can just imagine being that, being that boss. Like, thank you for proving my point, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Don't kill me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he gets unceremoniously uh, fired from his job. So he's kind of left high and dry. And then his buddy at the uh, bar, Joppy, gets him a line on uh, some work with a, a shady character uh, played by Tom Sizemore. And then from there, I mean, I won't go through the rest, but he just kind of gets, 
it starts small, do this thing for me. And then, you know, before you know it, you know, he's, he's at different places where, Oh, then someone ends up murdered and it things, the walls start kind of closing in on him and he almost realizes it too late. You could maybe argue that he does realize it too late that, um, he was set up, he was lined up to be a pawn in all of this the whole time. Um, and you know, luckily he's got his boy mouse. He's able to call up from Houston that, that really saves his ass in all of this. But yeah, it just kind <clears> of <throat> goes from there, like just getting deeper, deeper into some political intrigue in 1940s LA and, and trying to figure out how he can clear his name because now he's, he's, fucking dug himself a hole and uh so do you do you know uh the imdb or rotten tomato score on this one i think i flashed to the imdb well i'm on there right now 6.8 i didn't see i didn't see the rotten so 6.8 is a little low but it makes it makes sense pretty respectable for imdb yeah, I mean it's not the like seven one seven three that everything seems to fall into. But what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes critic and audience mm. score is? I feel like this is going to be a dog on both fronts. I'm gonna I'm gonna go like I'll go like forty somewhere in the forties for both across for the both. board critic critic and audience. Well, I hope you're sitting down because the. Audience score is 71, and the critic score is 92. Holy shit. That was very surprising to me as well. So I don't know. Damn. I don't know if that's just like ultimate respect for Denzel or the cast or what, but I was very, very surprised. I mean, the 6.8, that didn't really surprise me that much. Like, yeah, it's kind of just middling, but 92 and 71, I was like, Jesus Christ, did I watch the same thing? Yeah, that's wild. I'd probably put this right there in like somewhere in the 70 range, like a, a solid 75 if we're going on a scale of 100. But um, yeah, that's crazy. We got a 92 critic. Wild. Yeah, this one kind of got buried in uh, like the mid, mid, late 90s uh, era of stuff going on. Uh, I don't see it mentioned a whole lot, uh, so I'm, I'm glad it's got a little bit of respect out there on its name. But um, yeah, I, I think this I, is definitely worth a watch. I love that scene in the beginning where they're explaining uh, the get or uh, Tom Sizemore is explaining about Daphne how they're trying to find her and. <laughs> He's like, she has a predilection for the company of Negroes. I just love that (laughs) line so much. They're definitely using the word Negro left, right, front and center in this film. Well, Um, and that's the that's the more polite word that they're using left, right and center. Yeah, they do use the other word, but over hard R's in this one. There are. Yeah. There are some hard R's in this one, but I don't think they overplay it the way like uh, old Tarantino likes to. Yeah, that is a weird, weird thing that he does. I I guess uh, Denzel, I was reading a thing that um, 
I can't remember what film set or I think that Denzel was shooting something and Tarantino came to that set and Denzel had a beef with him. I think this is pretty close to Pulp Fiction, like somewhere in the 90s, like post right Pulp post Pulp Fiction. And he saw him on the set and he fucking went up to him and like kind of barked at him and like disparaged him a little bit, like kind of just tell him what he thought of yeah him him exploiting that in his films and like like why do you got to say it so much and shit like this so huh interesting that was, that was kind of interesting that denzel because he seems he seems pretty uh i don't know if laid back is the term but he doesn't seem like like he'd be a very confrontational person like that you know like yeah i don't know no I, I would agree with that for sure Mm. oh but yeah when you compare this if you stack up and look at denzel's filmography which is at this point it's pretty pretty staggering um it's easy for this one to get lost in in the mix but with that said i think if you sat down and looked at it all and kind of sifted through them i feel like devil in a blue dress would kind of rise to that that top third of the shit that he's been in so i mean he's he's been in some stinkers uh like virtuosity with Russell Russell Crowe is is pretty bad. That's a guilty pleasure of mine, though. Uh, but it it's a, renowned as a bad film. Um, but then, like for every one of those, you got like Antoine Fisher, uh, like The Great Debaters, Remember the Titans, Philadelphia, Glory, uh, Cry Freedom, like all these like fucking, you know. Uh, I triple seen, A features. I haven't seen any of those. I think is Glory the Civil War one with Maddie Broderick. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have seen that one. That was Denzel's first Oscar, and then his second he got for Training Day. Seen that one? Yeah, I still need to see. Uh, Day. Still need to see the third Equalizer. I mean, one and two were bangers. So, yeah, I haven't seen the third yet either. I think it's out. It's pretty available on streaming, but um, I've been meaning to. I haven't seen a flight. I've heard I a lot of either. good things about his performance. I've seen fucking God knows how many shorts of where he's like, I'm drunk now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do not come. Um, God, I've been. I, I watched a, a thing of Kamala Harris and of her word salad. Oh yeah. Speaking of politicians and word salad, dude, dude she I heard, is. She is. I had no idea. First ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah. In, in the dude. bullshit, you know, political speech. The past category. six six or eight years, I've kind of just glossed her over. Yeah. Like I haven't heard any. I didn't, wasn't aware of. The only thing I knew is she was a former AG, and that's it. Like I had never heard her actually say things. Oh man, um, you've been missing out, buddy. <sighs> It's Dude, so good. I, I heard one recently and it was so painful. And her cackles and her like awkward yeah. laughs in between. Mm-hmm. Like, there was this one where she and she she has these like anecdotes or sayings. I think that she just makes up in the moment. Yeah. And she expects other people like this one the other day. She said she it sound, and it was she sounds like she's high on edibles all the time. <laughs> It comes in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's <laughs> totally. The, the, 
the other people listening to her talk, like at the microphone, they're like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so, it was so hard to watch this one interview. She was, Oh my God. She's talking about like, like culture and like what it means. And I was like, Ugh. <sighs> that was brutal. Um, anyway, back to the flick. One uh, that is one heartbeat away from running this country, buddy. <laughs> that is one literally flood flu- one fluttering angina one more, filled <laughs> one more dying quail. Yeah. One more <laughs> ground ball with eyes. Things are good. <laughs> um what'd you think of uh the um like I said, I felt it was a little anticlimactic, but like the the final showdown in the cabin scene, what do you think of that? Did you feel like it was a little anticlimactic too or Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um I mean as a as I, I try to be a responsible gun owner, the way he like bashes through the window and just starts firing indiscriminately, that just made me nervous. Um <laughs> Cause she's right there. And then he's like shooting without looking through the window. It's oh, like, yeah. Oh Jesus Christ, dude. I, <laughs> I did love when he got back to the car and mouse, uh, oh, yeah. had, had dispatched of the guy. <laughs> and this Choppy. is, this is like my second favorite line of the whole movie. He's like, if you didn't want, <laughs> if you didn't want him killed, why'd you leave him with me? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I told you not to shoot him. He's like, well, I didn't shoot him. I, I strangled him. <laughs> You didn't say not to do that. It's like, oh, it's like I couldn't be bothered to tie him up, so I just strangled him to death. Mm-hmm. I did think it was funny when I started it. I might have missed it, but the only warnings I saw were like smoking, drinking, and foul language. Nothing about people getting shot in the face or shot in the chest mm-hmm. or you know cut or. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Yeah, there were. Co- I mean, it wasn't super brutal, but the the few deaths that you do see, I think it's more, the two henchmen are probably the most brutal. The dude who catches a stray in the neck, yeah, kind of bleeds out, and then the dude in the dome, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that one. I was like, oh, um, and that I, I was hoping I w- I was hoping for a little bit more like cat mouse with Sizemore. He kind of just gets dispatched and fucking rolls over. He takes one in the gut and fucking he gone. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then that's where I was sitting. I was like, 15 minutes left. I was like, this is what we we're culminating to here. You know, right. Like, what <laughs> yeah. else? And then it's like that weird. It's like another anticlimactic when he fucking meets up with the, the mayor and he's like, yeah, we got the pictures and like, here's the gal. And it, that, that felt very artificial to me very forced like their love it's like they you you love each other so bad it's like and she's hiding the fact that she's half black um don't tell anybody yeah and you're fine you know it's like it seems like you've gotten all your your leaks and your holes you, like your your opposition you just hit with the the child diddling and stuff he's away it's like who else do you have in front of you? I guess maybe he's thinking like down the road, like this is a vulnerability for I mean, me. Maybe I mean, to to look at it in the in the light most fair. 
let's assume that she does love him and that's why she went through all this shit to get the pictures to get his political rival to drop out of the race right Mm -hmm. um and the last thing he says to denzel is i do love her but that makes me think that he broke it off with her because his family disapproved so much yeah and i think that's where the narration he comes in and he talks about you know it's like as much as they loved one another or whatever it goes to show you that you know there's still some lines that you know the privileged elite won't, aren't willing to cross yeah and that that kind of yeah I mean, that, that, there, at least, but. that at least makes sense to me but i i wish they would have explained like well how did his rival the the pedo like how did he figure it out that she's half black and uh it, it was funny going back to the the line where uh she prefers to accompany a negro or whatever it was she's like pig's feet jazz dark meat like well if she's half black that makes sense yeah do not come that was the wrong one it's my adopted son jesus yeah later on that's like yeah fucking creepy old fucker yeah so i was looking at negative reviews because it brings me joy and (laughs) none of them were like way over the top they were all just pretty fair criticisms of a mediocre movie but man the amazon negative reviews are just an absolute treasure trove of mental illness. And so I, <laughs> so I pulled out three. I'll just, okay. I'll just start with one because they're, they're so bizarre. Like <clears throat> the first one uh, is the reviewer named China Touche One. She gave this film one out of five stars. And it says, in all caps, I'm a 70-year-old woman with tiny hands. When I removed the disc, it snapped in two in my hands. Now I have to use my expensive printer ink to print a return label. <laughs> Very relevant review. I'm a 70-year-old woman. <laughs> Pardon me, Mr. Perfect! <clears throat> like isn't that an email you send to the fucking yeah manufacturer to somebody in like the i'm gonna write the movie now based making, on the physical making two dollars a day to just write back like i'm so sorry harry i took care of it <laughs> oh boy um so also the title of the movie is kind of strange so <clears throat> yeah to me it was telegraphing devil? like i guess because there's a couple scenes where she wears blue or is it just like they liked the song and they had the name of it before they made the movie like i don't, I don't remember the song even being used in this it film, wasn't no yeah huh all right <laughs> baseball uh yeah, I I was hoping that she had like a rogue turn at the yeah. end. Like she was going to be like, it was all me or like, I thought m- maybe not even that, but I thought she was going to have like some kind of nefarious through line and she isn't like this perfect angel that you thought. I thought that would have been a little bit more satisfying. Maybe. I don't, I don't know how I would have done it, but um, I thought that's what was coming, seeing how much time was left 
and the title of the film. I thought maybe that was going to come through in some way, but yeah, kind of like the the ghostwriter, which we just did. Like she's right. the ultimate mastermind, where maybe she was blackmailing her boyfriend to, you know, propel herself into some. Like she wanted to become the mayor, or who the fuck knows? I don't know. But well, I, was I mean, kind of waiting for that too. Like, oh, she's the mastermind behind it, behind all this. Right. I, I mean, she she did kind of like I alluded to earlier. I mean, she was looking to get something out of this as well, like financially. Like there was a lot of money being thrown around for the pictures, and um, like I think she was being opportunistic tunistic and all of this too but <clears throat> yeah, this, yeah but she, it, it does but kind she of also gave on. away a ton of money just to get those pictures back that's true and yeah she, she offered down yeah she offered like seven grand to easy and i think he he alluded to like her saying she paid more originally or something like that so yeah who knows yeah she because she got she <laughs> I got could be way off base she got 30 from the white family to go away she paid seven, I think, for the pictures initially, and then she offered another seven to Easy to get him back. Right. So, dude, I loved Mouse's reaction when because Mouse is about to blow Joppy's head off. He was kind of like the linchpins, like the connection to Jennifer Beale's character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually shoots. He fucking turns around and. Sp- shoots fucking two rounds at him blows out the back of the fucking uh went the back window and uh then sells like dude seven thousand dollars mouse come on oh oh oh. Oh my god oh my goodness oh my god (laughs) i love something about that reaction of don cheeto oh my goodness like he totally flipped when the the dollar values started getting mentioned. Yeah, I liked him a lot in this. I mean that um, scene that scene when he when he first comes in when uh what's his bucket it's about to kill him with the knife. So good. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Like that he's like, you gotta have somebody out here watch your back, easy. He's like, yeah. yeah, dude. Fucking A. <clears throat> I did like that part too. <clears throat> When uh, Sizemore is trying to like kind of curry favor with with Denzel and he comes up to those those pack of white kids on the pier yeah. that, are, that are about to give Denzel some trouble and he fucking uh, it's like, what do you want? I want to see your brains. Like, yeah. oh, that is a cold <laughs> shit. But when, after he fucking just like completely humiliates that one one dude and pistol whips him or like hits him in the fucking ear, yeah. with the butt of the gun. And he's like. He's such an intense fucker. I'll kill ya. I kept thinking of that uh you don't know when to shut up, you don't know how to shut up. I'm gonna shoot you in your big goddamn (laughs) mouth. God, I love him in Private Ryan. Rest in peace, pour one out. Yeah, it is really sad. He had a he had a rough go. Yeah, it's crazy though. Like I think he he he's another figure size more. Like you look at his filmography, him and Heat, uh, Private Ryan. He was in a lot of stuff that I think kind of uh, gets overlooked. But 
Yeah, I mean, he he, he he's so goddamn good and saving Private Ryan. Like, when he gets shot in the end, he's like, I'm fine. I just got the wind knocked out of me. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Or even before that, like, like the more, like the less gruff moments of him, like when he's talking to Hanks as they're approaching like that oh, bridge. Yeah. And he's like, you know, maybe if we, if we do this thing, you know, we'll all earn the right to go home, you know, like kind of the more somber moments punctuated yeah. by him being like, we're in business and yeah. fucking throwing his baseball sized chalk. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then you zoom in on him and how he's like very meticulous about making sure he's got all the sand from the different continents and yep. different places he's been, you know, like I remember my grandma was like that. Like anytime she'd go to like, you go in her hutch, you know, pictures and shit. She'd have little glass things and say like Fort Bragg, 1976 or whatever you know huh. she always used to love getting little things of sand anytime they went to the beach so uh <clears throat> any hoodles a bag um, of sand <laughs> dude one thing i remember of this too i remember the trailer i remember in tr- the trailers for movies like in the 90s i feel like they used to be like that time when i was like growing up there's a bunch of them that are just like stamped in my brain like Oh like yeah, one-liners like it was a phantom punch shit like yep. that oh yeah this one i forgot about and i was like dude i do remember seeing that all the time it's one of the moments when he's bashing um joppy's marble bar that he's very particular about and he's all don't lie to me like don't lie to me boom like that was a <laughs> stinger in the trailer like i remember it's so, i was like fuck dude i remember watching that trailer so many times and he's like don't lie to me boom like <laughs> it's like in this summer's hottest new <laughs> picture with denzel don't lie to me drink <laughs> don Cheadle. this summer <clears throat> that's one thing i miss too the movie voice guy like that used to be like it's like every trailer had to have this and sound like this and then like somewhere along the, the way it got put out to pasture for like now the big trend over the past five years i don't know if you noticed this is using like an old older song from like the 80s or the 70s or something and like having it uh, like an orchestra play it and then they like turn the reverb up and then they slow it way down with like dramatic effect in like movies now i think they did it like 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 picture like Dunkirk or like movies like that. And they'll, they'll have, um, fuck, I can't remember. I think there's a, I can't remember what song it is, but they do that a lot now. That's be, it's becoming like, okay, you don't need to do this yeah. for every film, but <clears throat> all right. Oh, do you have any more bad reviews before we move along to the next segment? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Did you have two more or one more? I have two more. Oh, we we kind of went off on a <laughs> side quest there. <laughs> oh, man. The, the, the type of person who puts these reviews in, that almost makes me laugh just as much as their weird reviews. <laughs> so this is from Janet Mercer. She also gave it one star out of five. It says, one star, great movie, but I didn't order it. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> one star, great movie. But I didn't, I didn't order, order it. So maybe an Amazon package just showed up at her door? 
or she purchased something to stream and there was like we fixed the glitch it glitched and i did see a bunch of one star reviews that were like the download didn't work okay uh <laughs> that's not the movie's fault i don't know what to tell you <laughs> uh that sucks it comes in the morning <laughs> all right you got the the finale for us yeah i hope i hope i didn't uh build it up too much but so this is todd <laughs> One out of five stars also. The title of his review is I Don't Want Commercials. And the the body of his review says, I stream through Amazon Prime for no commercials. I don't like this. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it? I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't like this. You get a horse and live in the mountains someplace and don't bother anybody. Damn. That's three that were all completely <clears throat> unrelated in, to the movie. And the yeah. gal actually liked it. Yeah. Completely bad <laughs> shit. Oh, boy. All right. Well, uh, I, I felt I'd be pretty remiss if we didn't... Uh, have a Denzel devotional for coming back around to a, a Denzel film. So you got one of those set up for us here. And now it's time for our weekly Denzel devotional. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Forgot how long that bump was too. Um, <laughs> This one I actually I just pulled from this is this is a a part of John Q that fucking will melt your nutsack off. I am not gonna bury my son. You always listen to your mother. She's your best friend. <laughs> Too young for girls right now, but there's gonna come a time when it does. You treat them like princesses. That's what they are. Somebody chooses you. I know we talked about this. You stand up, you be a man. You stay away from the bad things. Please. Don't get caught up in the bad things. There's so many great things out there for you. Dude, John Q, his last words to his son. Whew. Yeah. Dude's a beast. This one, too, I fucking love. I promised someone that I love very much that I would never go back to being that person. But for you, I'm going to make an exception. <laughs> Dude, Dude that, is, that is the best part of that entire movie. Stone cold. In case, in case you haven't seen it, listeners, uh, that's from the first Equalizer, and that that whole scene is so fucking good. Best part. When you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud too. All right, cool. I know we glossed over 
uh devil in a blue dress you get the gist uh it's a it's a lesser if you're comparing it in that stable of 1940s la flicks it's it's you're definitely not going to get as much mileage with the la confidentials and chinatowns of the world but i think it's a solid watch it still holds up this is probably the third or fourth watch for me but um yeah i enjoyed revisiting it for sure it'll definitely scratch that kind of noir that that 40s 50s la kind of vibe if you're if you're looking for that and i mean not to overshadow uh the film we reviewed but anytime anytime i get a chance i tell people if you're itching for something like this perry mason's fucking pretty top notch too matthew reese fucking kills it shay wiggum his partner i can't remember his name in the show he's fucking awesome too i love him yeah and i like his arc in in season two particularly um and the gal that he works with john lithgow in season one's a fucking beast too so good i was so fucking burnt up when i saw hbo wasn't gonna renew it for season three i was like you dirty motherfuckers (laughs) you dirty fucking dogs but yeah we gotta have a season three of fucking euphoria so jesus christ (laughs) christ on a cracker (laughs) oh fuck dude i forgot about what about the whole that that him fucking coretta who's like best friends old lady in the room right next door yeah that was really uncomfortable She was a weird figure in all of that. Like, where did she fit in all this too? Was she just trying to like, was she really trying to help a friend or like kind of get something on the side or both? But that scene particularly. Yeah, because they, they, they went so over the top to show that she was like playing him and she was playing her friend and just like making money at both ends. And (laughs) I did think it was funny when, when the police came to, to, roused him a little bit i thought they were gonna be like she was fucked to death last night and we know it was you (laughs) yeah Yeah, we know you got a basket on you fella um she died from being fucked too hard to death so you're going down dude that was that was some really good acting too like when uh what's her fuck coretta yeah like she's luring him the whole time, like, so they go out drinking and they drag back his buddy. I can't remember his name uh, and his his buddy and his old lady, Coretta, who figures into this. But um, he's just drunk off his ass. He's drag Denzel's helping drag him inside the house, throws him on the bed. He's fucking he's he's sleep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and there's some like you can tell either they got a history or they they have eyes for each other kind of thing. And it just maybe didn't work out. And she ended up with this dude you know, first or she's with him now. But as soon as it's like, there's the opportunity, he's fucking asked out. They, they do this kind of little dance of the mind around the kitchen and they're talking and he he has a good line too. He's like, it's like what people going to say. I, uh, when the (laughs) people see the sunshine dip out on my toes in the morning, you know, see me run out of here. And, and she's like, and I was like, Odell in the other bedroom over there. He's he's right there. And then she's all, he's asleep. Like, <laughs> we're doing this whether you want to or not, buddy. And so they start going, pumping out, sweating on the fucking couch. Yeah. Dude, that whole scene was fucking... Uh, all you're doing is nosing after my friend, Daphne. Huh? That, that, oh, oh, oh. 
Oh, yeah, no, baby, I, that, that's just a job. Tell <laughs> some man want me to find what her. What man? I don't, I don't know what man, baby. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't want nobody but you. <laughs> he played that so well. Like, he's like, I am a flea's dick away from nothing. And yeah. You can't take this away from me right now. And then she's like, "A little bit more, a little bit." He's like, "Oh yeah, baby." They don't yeah. like how the octaves, like his yeah. his vocal range, goes so high at that point. Uh, but yeah, that did. Lead, I was like, "It's pretty dirty." And then even later on, after she's dead, and they're sitting around the table, like kind of like laying low, and he's like, "You want more? You want more tails, mouse?" You know, like, and he's crying. And he's like, "I don't know what to do." And I mean, Easy's about like trying to do the right thing and this and that, and it's like, eh, I guess we just won't talk about this, you know, like yeah. which is probably for the best, you know. But it's like, still, it's like that's your boy. I was kind of waiting for the reveal that it was the husband that woke up and like knew what was going on and beat his wife to death, and like I was kind of waiting for that misdirect, like, oh no, that her getting killed had nothing to do with this other thing but yeah that didn't happen so yeah that probably would have that would have taken away one of those connections that sizemore talked about uh for easy uh to to a murder so maybe that would have taken some of the heat off of easy like within the story so because without that like he's got the cops on him like sizemore's got blackmail on him he can manipulate things like because he's using he's using easy as a pawn and all of this anyway but um yeah this is actually it's a pretty enjoyable movie it's not gonna reach the the top tier uh hits in this same kind of milieu um but it, it's still a solid entry so that kind of that noir if you're if you're itching for some noir that you haven't seen before um like a I, I would say like a bad example of this I watched recently for the first time was um, I think it's the Black Dahlia. And I think the Palma directed that who's done a lot of shit, but namely like uh, the director of Scarface. He mm. did the Black Dahlia about the Black Dahlia murder. Yeah. With great, Josh great Hartman. Band, by the way. That they're like, uh, what would you consider them like black metal? I would almost consider them like or like death. Yeah, but but they do it in like a funny sort of they don't take themselves too seriously. Kind of even know, okay. I don't even know what you would call it, but yeah, like death metal, speed metal, but they're but they're funny. Like they're funny dudes. So, okay. I never got into them. I missed the boat on the the Black Dolly band. Dude, they're good. They're good. Um that movie though horrible example of of this like i i can't even put it into words and they do a lot they make a lot of weird decisions but um yeah if you're in the mood for that pass on black dahlia and give devil in a blue dress a spin from 95 um yeah i think that'll do it for us for this week uh if you have any comments complaints concerns hate mail hate mail you can send us one at wax at waxing the porpoise.com uh, or you can reach out to either of our socials instagram is at waxing the porpoise twitter x is at waxing the porp i'm um, just trying to take a peek at our our schedule here i think yet again 
I've been lagging on on the social media sphere, giving people a heads up what we got coming the next week. And I think we're going to have more of the same. We're going to do a Valentine's Day uh, themed episode where we'll cover So I Married an Axe Murderer. Uh, special guest TBD. Also just released. Uh, so when this comes out, released last week was our uh, our spot on Ghoulish, where we covered Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. They just got around to covering. That was a lot of fun. So check them out. Uh, our friends at Ghoulish University, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, shout out to them and thanks for having us on again as usual. Always a great time. Steven, got any final thoughts? No, I do not, James. All righty. Well, that'll do it for us. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, leave us a rating, review, like, all that good stuff. And we will see you when we see you. And we will see you later. Binish and binish. Stand on the <laughs> <laughs>